Hello, we're up to Joshua 9. When all the kings who were beyond the Jordan, in the hill country, and in the lowland, and on the shore of the great sea in front of Lebanon, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite heard of it, they gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua and with Israel with one accord. But when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and to Ai, they also resorted to a ruse, and they went and made as if they had been ambassadors, and took old sacks on their donkeys, and old torn up and bound up wineskins, and old and patched sandals on their feet, and they wore old garments. All the bread of their food supply was dry and mouldy. They went to Joshua at the camp at Gilgal, and they said to him, and to the men of Israel, We have come from a far country, now therefore make a covenant with us. The men of Israel said to the Hivites, What if you live among us? How could we make a covenant with you? But they said to Joshua, We are your servants. Joshua said to them, Who are you? Where do you come from? They said to him, Your servants have come from a very far country because of the name of Yahweh your God. For we have heard of his fame and all that he did in Egypt and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon, the king of Heshbon, and to Og, the king of Bashan, who was at Ashtaroth. Our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spoke to us, saying, Take supplies in your hand for the journey and go to meet them. Tell them, We are your servants, now make a covenant with us. This our bread we took hot for our supplies out of our houses on the day we were to go out to you. But now, behold, it is dry and has become mouldy. These wineskins which we filled were new, and behold, they are torn. These our garments and our sandals have become old because of this very long journey. The men sampled their provisions and didn't ask counsel from Yahweh's mouth. Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them to let them live. The princes of the congregation swore to them. At the end of three days, after they had made a covenant with them, they heard that they were their neighbours and that they lived among them. The children of Israel travelled and came to their cities on the third day. Now their cities were Gibeon, Chephirah, Beeroth and Kiriath-Jerim. The children of Israel didn't strike them because the princes of the congregations had sworn to them by Yahweh the God of Israel. All the congregation murmured against the princes, but all the princes said to the congregation, We have sworn to them by Yahweh the God of Israel, now therefore we may not touch them. We will do this to them and let them live, lest wrath be on us because of the oath which we swore to them. The princes said to them, Let them live. So they became woodcutters and drawers of water for all the congregation, as the princes had spoken to them. Joshua called for them, and he spoke to them, saying, Why have you deceived us, saying, We are very far from you, when you live among us? Now therefore you are cursed, and some of you will never fail to be slaves, both woodcutters and drawers of water for the house of my God. They answered Joshua and said, Because your servants were certainly told how Yahweh your God commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land from before you, therefore we were very afraid for our lives because of you, and we have done this thing. 
Now behold, we are in your hand. Do to us as it seems good and right to you to do. He did so to them and delivered them out of the hand of the children of Israel so that they didn't kill them. That day, Joshua made them woodcutters and drawers of water for the congregation and for Yahweh's altar to this day in the place where he should choose. So um, the conquest of Canaan is underway. And in this chapter, they have already destroyed Jericho and already destroyed Ai and then the you know, the other, basically all the other kings have, are getting concerned. And so this particular area of, of Canaan called Gibeon, which is an area of a few cities, they resort to this little trick that they're going to pretend they're from a long way away and they're going to make a deal. Now, you might remember um, in Deuteronomy chapter 7 that Moses, in the middle of his great speech, said this. <laughs> he says, When the Lord your God has delivered them over to you and has, you have defeated them, you must destroy them totally, make no treaty with them and show them no mercy. So we've got Moses saying not to make a treaty and show no mercy. And in this version that we just read, it didn't actually use the word treaty, it used the word covenant. Um, so that phrase that I just, that verse I just read to you actually came from the NIV. And so um, they don't follow the advice, I guess, of Moses. Now, a lot of the commentators, they, they say that the children of Israel, they disobeyed the Lord, that they made a treaty and they shouldn't have, and therefore they got themselves into trouble and, and there's repercussions to follow. So that might be right, and I'm, I'm definitely thinking that's, that's right. But when I read what Moses actually said, which I just read to you, he said, when the Lord your God has delivered them over to you and you have defeated them, then you must destroy them totally, make no treaty. So Moses wasn't talking about this exact situation. He was talking about a situation where you've been in battle and you've defeated someone. Now you've got to finish the job off. Don't make a treaty at that point. But this chapter is all about a group of people that came pretending to be from somewhere else, that there was no battle, the battle hadn't started yet. There would have been a battle, um, and then they made a treaty. So I, if we're going to be technically correct about what Moses instructed, what Joshua did didn't actually break uh, a law that was previously given. However, you will have noticed when we were reading through the chapter that they sampled the provisions, but they didn't inquire of the Lord. So I think that's the mistake right there. The mistake isn't that they necessarily did the wrong thing in making the treaty, but they were making a treaty based off wrong information. And if they had have inquired of the Lord, they would have known different things and they would have known not to have made this treaty. And what's so bad about having made this treaty is the fact that the Lord had wanted to give them the whole land and had wanted to remove out of the land all these practices of like worshipping other gods. There were things that people in the land did which didn't please the Lord at all. And the idea of removing everyone out of the land was that the land would have a break from the evil, but also the Israelites wouldn't be influenced by the evil when they came in. But because they didn't inquire of the Lord, now they've made a deal to let 
this, this group of people from four cities live, and so the influence of their culture and their religion with all its immorality and their evil and even things like sacrificing their children, those things are now have the opportunity to be influential on the Israelites. And you'll find out from reading the Bible that it's not just this, but it's, it's later on in the book of Joshua, there were other examples where they didn't do the job properly and people remained in the land, that they had a bad influence on Israel over a long period of time. So we can see why the wisdom of the Lord was so correct. So um, there's a number of mistakes being made in, in the book of Joshua. The first mistake was at Jericho, was where um, Achan took some of the dedicated things. That was a mistake. He broke the Lord's law. The mistake at the second city of Ai was they just presumed that they could win without the Lord's help. But the mistake here at, uh, with the Gibeonites was that they didn't inquire of the Lord. And these are all things that we, these are all mistakes that we all make all the time. In our own lives as spiritual people, we want to advance in the Lord. We want to overcome the evil one. You know, in our lives, there are strongholds and things we have to tear down. And we make these exact same mistakes. We don't seek the Lord. We don't inquire of him. We make deals with the devil. You might not think that you make a deal with the devil, but in your mind, you might rationalize a certain thing. And you might think, this thing's okay. I can have that in my life. Well, you've just welcomed a thing into your life and made a deal without inquiring of the Lord. And there's a lot of Christians that have things in their life that are not helpful to them, especially long-term. And um, for example, just what type of television you watch. Now we all, we all have our own conscience and we should all be led of the Lord about these things. But you can tell um, by looking at all the Christians around you that not everyone <laughs> follows their conscience. And some people follow their conscience not as strongly as they should. So there's all sorts of things get watched by Christians. And I know that in our house, we don't allow certain things on TV. And so that, that's a difference that we have to other people. But then we notice other Christians have even stricter rules than what we do. So they, for whatever way they're thinking, they have a, a much stricter conscience or have a much stricter set of standards. You've got to walk with the Lord, but the, the thing is, you've got to inquire of him. So, and that's what they didn't do here. They didn't inquire of the Lord. They didn't find out what the Lord was wanting. Now, here we've got the only place that I, that I am aware of in the book of Joshua where people grumble against Joshua and the leaders. So, you know, when we were going through the Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, people grumbled against Moses a lot. But we find that this group of people here that are with Joshua, they're not like that other generation. That other generation were ex-slaves. Well, they were slaves that had come out of Egypt and they were complaining about everything. But this generation were born free. They're toughened by growing up in the desert. They're much more self-sufficient. They think clearer. And this is the only time they grumble. And I think if you think about it, they grumbled about a genuine issue. They didn't grumble about selfish things like we don't have enough to eat or, no, they're grumbling about a genuine issue. Why did the leaders of our nation make a deal with these people? We're not supposed to do that. So here's an example of something that's common sense to the people, but the leaders missed it because they didn't inquire of the Lord. So um, I guess the lesson for us is that, that we have a battle of our own to fight 
and we need to make sure we're not making a deal with anything, making, accepting anything into our life as normal and le- allowing it to live and reside with us that the Lord doesn't want there. We always need to inquire of the Lord. So I just want to mention very quickly before we pray that, that these people were from Gibeon. Now, Gibeon is, is a place that go, is mentioned in the Bible many, many times in all the chapters that are to come. So initially, I'm, I feel or I believe from what I've read that the Ark of the Covenant was kept at Gibeon for a little while before it was at Shiloh. Um, much later in the Bible, we've got King Solomon and he goes to inquire of the Lord and he offers a thousand sacrifices and the Bible says on the high place at Gibeon. And so there were these places that people would go to pray to seek the Lord because the temple wasn't built yet. So one of those places was Gibeon, and the Bible says it was the most important of all the high places. So they actually ended up becoming a very special place. And, um, but later, after the temple was built, the Lord didn't want anyone using any of the high places, and a lot of high places were used to worship other gods, not just you know, the Lord. And so high places later in the Bible, they become think, something that's not good. But at the time of Solomon and earlier, the high places can refer to places where people would go to, to seek the Lord, like Solomon did. And of course, the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, ask me for whatever you want. So that's Gibeon. There's a place where, where David takes his fighting men to Gibeon and they have um, like a little gladiator games where 10 men take on 10 other men at Gibeon and they all die. You can read that story in the book of um, 2 Samuel. And um, so there's quite a few times that Gibeon makes an appearance. But when we get to 2 Samuel chapter 21, there's a bit of a sad um, pointing back to this treaty because there was a famine in the land of Israel and the King David sought the Lord and said, why is there a famine in the land? And the, the answer was because King Saul had killed the Gibeonites. So they made this treaty here with Gibeon and it doesn't seem to matter that the Gibeonites were deceitful once the treaty was made, the Lord considered it a serious thing. And so later on, when Saul kills the Gibeonites, the Lord, um, you know, basically Saul went against the word of this treaty and it brought a spiritual condition upon the land resulting in drought. And David resolves all that. You can read about, read about that in 2 Samuel 21. But you can see how seriously the Lord considers these things. And in today's world, you know, if you made an arrangement with someone and then you found out later they had lied, they'd been deceitful, you could go to a court and you could have that arrangement completely overruled. But in the eyes of the Lord, this was a binding arrangement, even though they'd been deceived. And it's a little bit like, um, you know, uh, sometimes we get ourselves into tricky situations, even sinful situations, because we don't know everything we need to know. The devil tempts us. He deceives us. He lies but we're still in that situation. So what we need is the mercy of the Lord and we need the blood of Christ because um, deceit from the devil's perspective is a very genuine strategy. And so the devil wants to deceive us to get us you know, off the path of the Lord so that we're not following him and it works. So that's why we as Christians should always inquire of the Lord. Father, I ask that we would be uh, people that follow the Lord and inquire. Lord Joshua made this mistake here, and we, we acknowledge his great example in so many ways. But Lord, I ask that we would be people who walk with you, 
that we don't uh, make any deals with the devil. We don't allow things into our lives that shouldn't be allowed in. We don't allow things that will become a future snare to us. Lord, give us grace. I pray we would inquire with you about everything. Help us to be people that are always diligently seeking the mind of Christ. Help us to be a listening people. So I pray your blessing upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.